Hello. Yeah, it's another episode of Talking Bollocks. Welcome back. If you've never been here before, well, been here 10 years. Where the fuck have you been? Mind you, 10 years. So you could be like 22, having discovered Talking Bollocks and subscribed to it. And when I started, you were 12. And and here I'm, and I'm sat here going, where the fuck are you? Know, what are you where have you been? You've been going through puberty and climbing trees and skateboarding and shit, haven't you? <laughs> anyway, not the usual beginning, but hello. Welcome back. It's Talking Bollocks. It is I, Howard H. Smith, lead singer with UK thrash band Acid Rain. I does this podcast. I does stand-up comedy as the character Keith Platt, professional Yorkshireman. And I'm doing some comedy as me very soon, and that's uh, that's all very exciting. And, um, yeah, I do a, a football podcast, a weekly football podcast called The Reducer. Check that shit out sometime if you want. I also do Old Bollocks with Old Head. You had an episode of that very, very recently. Got some specials coming up for you as well. Oh, it's going to be like the old days. There's loads of stuff coming your way, but even more stuff coming the way of patrons. People who sign up at patreon.com forward slash Howard H. Smith. They are having a whale of a time. Don't know where that phrase comes from. Why is it a whale of a time? Does that mean a big time? Are you having a big time? Or are you having a time where you're feeling incredibly fat and you want to roll around in salt water and spurt water out the top of your head? Whale of a time. Does it mean that you want to be chased by Norwegians with harpoons? Or Japanese people on their ships with harpoons? Does it mean that you want to be turned into soap? Does it mean that you want somebody called Jonah living in your belly? I mean, that's all of a load of bollocks, isn't it? But ultimately, having a whale of a time. I, yeah, I mean, whales are fucking massive. Does that mean you're having a fucking massive time, bruv? I'm having a fucking massive time, man. I'm having a fucking whale, whale of a fucking time, bruv. Whale of a time. Get on these fucking pills. Anyway... <laughs> Shall I crack on with the uh, with the news? Shall I? Yeah, why not? Okay, let's get let's get started with the news because I'm in a mood. I'm in a mood for news. And to be honest with you, I will tell you else who's in a mood, and and rightfully so. Although there's no great outcome here, but I'll tell you who's in a mood: Andreas Kisser, Derek Green, and Paolo. Never really worked out how to say that surname. Isto, maybe the X is silent. It's got to be really, isn't it? Or Ixto. Either way, uh, we're on to Sepultura. Drummer Eloy Casagrande has left Sepultura to join another project, with some fans speculating he will be the new drummer of Slipknot. I mean, come on, Blabbermouth. Are you a fucking news site or not? Have you got any insight? Are you, you know, have you got any industry insiders? Or are you just going to quote fans spunking their mouths off on social media? What's the fucking point of you, Blabbermouth? You're just reporting fucking gossip now. Well, why am I surprised? Anyway, the news of Eloy... Speaking of being surprised, the news of Eloy's uh, exit from Sepultura comes just two months after the band announced it would celebrate its 40th anniversary of 2024 by embarking on a farewell tour, which will cover to the entire globe. Now... This is quite a uh, quite the statement from the band. Beginning of December, the group clearly find the intention of an, uh, uh, an announcement and its conscious and planned death. As poetic as it sounds, a tour of this magnitude took nearly a, uh, um, nearly a year of preparing and planning, which would require a lot of commitment, ethics, 
and loyalty to their fans, as well as respect respect for the band's history. Something that is uh, is a clear priority to Andreas Kisser, Derek Green, and Paolo Sisto. However, on February the sixth, a few days prior to the first rehearsal, just let's go back there. A, a commitment, ethics, and loyalty to fans. I mean, yeah, okay. Drummer Eloy Casagrande informed the band that he was leaving Sepultura to pursue a career in another project. The band were taken by surprise without prior warning. He immediately left the band, abandoning everything related to Sepultura. Luckily, American virtuoso Grayson Nekturamanam, I think, will take the position of Eloy Casagrande and is welcomed to the band's new drummer for the Celebrating Life Through Death Farewell Tour. Now, Howard's take on this is... you got to look out for yourself in this world... And Eloy is doing just that. He has gone, do you know what? I I really need a full-time, long-term job. And you guys are all coming towards the end of your career, but I'm not. I'm, like, at my peak. And, you know, maybe he doesn't want to spend a year going around on a world tour wondering what he's going to hand at the, have at the end of it. Where's he going to be? What does he go to next? So if somebody has approached him, be it Slipknot or anybody else, I cannot blame the man for saying yes to the offer. By the same token, if I was one of the three left behind, I would be rightly pissed off. Uh, so basically, there are no there are no good outcomes here. There are there are only bad outcomes. There are just shit decisions. It's just the, the you know the shitter of the shit. Basically, if you're in Eloy's camp, I had to do this, and if you're in the Sepultura camp, how could you do this? And if you're standing in the middle, you're looking at both sides, going, I, I get you both. You you're both right. You're both right and entitled to feel how you do. There you go. That's Howard counselling. I'm available for band counselling. You know, a bit like that knobhead in the jumpers in the uh, in the Metallica video. Yeah, I've even called it a Metallica video instead of some kind of monster. Speaking of Metallica, Metallica and Blackened share the core of collaboration episode of the Blending Sessions video series. Can I just say, if you are watching the Blending Sessions video series where Metallica create and talk about their Blackened whiskey, you fucking lost the plot. You really have. Christ. Just seriously... Forget about the whiskey, yeah? Forget, forget, just... Uh, honestly, I've I've delved in and listened to a couple of clips and it is literally five blokes sat around desperately trying to stretch out a few minutes because there, there just doesn't seem... Uh, when we needed to begin searching for the next master distiller, it was a priority to find someone who could honour and continue the magic that Dave started. Metallica said in 2019 when Dietrich's addition to the Blackened team was announced. Rob shares a great respect for craftsmanship that Dave had and that we have for Blackened and our music. Awesome. It's almost like you're drinking Metallica. Isn't it, eh? In an aged old shitty fucking whiskey. Whiskey. You fucking horrible shit. Cannot fucking stand it. 
Ah, a new episode in the exclusives conversations, the blending sessions, in which they reveal which go- uh, what goes into making music and whiskey. Tune in to learn more about their creative process, shared passions, and the artistry behind every sip and riff. Fuck off. There you go. Don't blend your music and your whiskey. Yeah, just shove your whiskey up your ass and carry on with the music. Anyway, new Megadeth guitarist Timu Mantisari. I never thought something like this would happen to me. Well, I'm very pleased for you, but the whole reason that I've brought this story to everybody's attention is I just wanted to make sure that everyone knows Timu is not the uh, data collecting app which sells shit at you and is absolutely swamping you on every single piece of social media and all your apps. Uh, yeah, that, by the way, it is a data collecting app. That's all that's interested you in all of those like low price rank products, all the rest of it. I don't care whether you bought something and it was half decent from there and it was only three quid. The whole point is to get hold of all your credit card details, your financial information, and they dive into your phone and rip all the data out of it. Everywhere you go, everything you do, it is nothing more than a data harvesting app and website. But hey, a lot of people will be going, so fucking what? I don't mind. I mean, you know, they can have all my information. It doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter, does it? I'm not going to buy anything yet. If you don't understand how data is used, then I can't help you. (laughs) Next up, Tom Araya. Yeah. No, you're not hearing from Tom Araya. You're hearing from Tom Araya's wife fires back at trolls over Slayer reunion. I have harassed him for over a year to make it happen. And basically, she goes on to say, pretty much all that to all the people saying they are liars they must have run out of money it's not slayer without so-and-so i have an idea for you all don't go and for all the people who did go to the final tour dates and enjoy it awesome this isn't a tour it's some dates great news and everyone that thinks they they know all the inside info you can't possibly know so you just enjoy the fact this amazing band will play some amazing shows this year or don't go nobody cares You see, the problem with posting a big, long status like this and referencing particular groups of people and particular things uh, that um, have been said means you fucking care. When you put out statements telling everybody to don't go don't go and or, or none of this would happen if it wasn't for me rabbiting in his ear all the time and then you try and finish off with this amazing band's going to play some amazing shows go or don't go nobody cares you've just spent the last 300 words caring simple as that the best way to not care is not bother do not ever Rise to the bait of the trolls, Mrs. Araya, as much as I thank you for getting the band back together so they can tell to play two shows I've absolutely no fucking chance of getting to. But hey, never mind. Next up, Black Sabbath drummer Bill Ward shares In These Days poem. No, 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 no. Not interested, not going to watch, not going to listen, not going to read. The man is the ex-drummer of Black Sabbath. Yeah, if he wants to become a poet, that's fine. But this is a heavy metal news site. It's not heavy metal news. It's somebody who used to be heavy metal news. And 
has not been involved for some time. In fact, the only time Bill Ward is in the news now is either he's released another poem or it's another version of how him and Ozzy haven't spoken for years. So, in other words, fucking nothing to do with anybody. Just pack it in. Leave Bill alone. And Bill... If you want to be a poet, fine. But, you know, find the find the right place. Well, it's not his fault, Blabmouth, putting out. I'll take that all back. Shut up, Howard. Right. Zach Wilde is open to making new music with Pantera, but says you would have to call it something else. Right, OK. So it's it's not Pantera. It's it's two of them, which is, yeah, hands up. More original members than there is in Acid Rain. OK, fine. Zach Wilde is open to making new music with Pantera, but says you would have to call it something else. Yeah, you would. So it's not Pantera then. So, you know, no, I think you would have to call it something else. You know what I mean? Pantera is those four guys. So, yeah, you can't replace that. And I think we all agree with that, don't we? You know, um, how about calling it Pants Label Society? <laughs> I don't know. I, it's just such a weird thing to say. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm up for making more. I'm up for making music with Pantera, but you can't call it Pantera. Um, okay, should we should we pretend this interview didn't happen? Yeah, all right, okay, fine, let's go. Bye. Now this one: Apocalyptica enlists Metallica's Robert Trujillo for Apocalyptica plays Metallica Volume Two album. Well, I hate to be Mister Pedantic. Yeah, but you can't you you can't have a member of Metallica on an album called Apocalyptica plays Metallica. No, this is twenty five percent of Metallica, and Apocalyptica plays Metallica. This is Metallica plays Metallica. This is a bit of Metallica and some guys from Finland with cellos plays Metallica. Now I like Apocalyptica. I've seen them live. Rocked. I've seen them live twice actually. And, they were great, really good band, and you know the the plays Metallica stuff and the all that stuff they did originally, the the Four Horsemen, yeah, that's great. But you you can't have Rob fucking Trujillo of Metallica on a plays Metallica album. That's just fucking ridiculous. That is just bollocks. I've got I've got no more to say on the matter. It is not allowed. It is not allowed in the world of heavy metal. I have spoken, and it is not allowed, ever. You can have guests, right? But you just can't have, you cannot have a member of that band if you're, if you're putting out a... Oh, look, I, I'm, just, I'm just fucking repeating myself now, but you, you see where I'm coming from here. I mean, it's it's not apocalyptic plays with... T- I'm, I'm repeating myself. Shut up, Howard, you fucking dickhead. Right. Okay. So, you know what's coming next. You know that there is an interview um, regarding the wonderful Mortis Gold with David Greger. Now, David is the um, founding member of Mortis Gold. Um, I, 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 I've got to be honest, right? I was unaware of Mortis Gold completely, and um, I, I, I got contacted by their their press people. Very cool, and so I was like, right, okay, um, let, let, you know, let's give give this a listen. Uh, I think I'd already had the album, 
but I hadn't had a chance to get the um, uh, to to listen to it. So I gave it a listen, and I was like, "This is cool." Now the album's called Creation Undone. It is out now, and uh, last Saturday night I spent the night in waiting for Dave, and um, I get stuck straight into him <laughs> in this interview. Right now. This is a really, really cool start to the interview. I'm, I'm just talking bollocks now, and I should just crack on with the interview. Really enjoyed doing this. Just check out the album. You're going to hear all about how it's made, all, all the rest of it. We're going to talk about the album. We're going to talk about all sorts, to be honest. We're going to go, we're going to go off on tangents, and we're going to come back again. But uh, one thing's for sure, boy, we had a right old chat. So this is David and I spending a Saturday in together. <laughs> a few weeks ago. It's eight o'clock at fucking night on a Saturday night. I've stayed in for you, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. I appreciate it, man. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disappoint you, though. Trust me. Oh, yeah, no, I, 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 ultimate professional, I'm sure. Uh, so, look, welcome. A brief rundown of, um, of the podcast. I, um, uh, I sing in a UK thrash band called Acid Rain. Um, so, Oh, you mean like the, like the, actually like the acid rain from back in the 80s yeah the nice oh my god yeah wow that <laughs> man those first two records i man i listened to those like you would not believe really oh, yeah wow. oh, huge yeah when we before mortis skull even started i was in like a kind of a crossover band and we were listening to acid rain dri mod sod so yeah absolutely. Wow. oh that's really cool oh well hello um, so, so I'm, uh, so I'm Howard. I sing or H as you may know me. Um, and, um, uh, I've been doing this podcast for 10 years. I've also been, I've also been a stand-up comedian for 25 years. Wow. That's pretty um, impressive, man. Oh, thank you. I, um, I kind of ducked out of music in the early nineties. Um, and the band came back in 2015. We've been back, well, since then put a new album out in 2019. Um, so nice. um, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, no, it's been it's been great. Uh, but I am the only original member, and um, so a familiar feeling for you, I'm sure. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, first of all, okay, absolute complete transparency here. Um, didn't know the band at all, um, and the guys at uh, the guys at uh, Peace Film, the um, your press agent, sent me Sarah uh, sent me the link, and I was like, okay, cool, check this out. Um, and I, like, I'm not a, I'm not a death metal guy, right? Okay, fair um, enough. Love it. I mean, <laughs> there's, there's way, way more. I'm, I'm just like, I'm, I'm genuinely surprised. Um, there's way more going on with, with your stuff than, than a standard death metal band. I mean, I'm hearing, I was hearing bits of prog, bits of thrash, um, bits of metal. There's no, you're, you're not, you know, it's not fucking blast beats all the time. You're no. not always carving people up or doing an autopsy or someone getting a head blown <laughs> off. You know, the, I mean, it's like, it's, you know, dare I say, it's just a really good fucking very heavy metal album. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I, I really think that, you know, the thing with this record too, is I've been hearing that from a lot there. A lot of people are hearing the different influences, yeah. um, you know, and I mean, I grew up in the sixties. So, I mean, a lot of my influences are really, really no, rock. You did yeah. not grow up in the 60s. You are not. Yeah, 66, 57. What? Really? Yeah. Wow. I'm, I am shocked. I, I thought I was older than you. 
<laughs> Not many are. <laughs> uh, so, so like, well, also the other thing, you know, be, be, uh, aside from the, um, the, the eclectic mix of influences, I am loving the production. It is, it's just old school enough to be, to, to but it's still like you know modern day so you've got yeah. the nice big fat sounds and everything occasionally you've got that kind of that old sort of 90s oh the bass is slightly loud there and um you know and, uh, but you've got that kind of it's a very unprocessed feel yes absolutely well you know i think it comes down to you know the, we we've been working with chris now uh our studio guy chris uh uh, uh suffer for nothing our last record we worked on that with him and then we worked on this one and I think what it is, just every time we go in, it's the same, it's the same thing. It's like it's never, it's never the same. You know, it's not like, okay, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that, we're gonna do this. It always changes with him. And I think he's always looking to keep it fresh. And I think with this material, I just for some reason, it just like just the stars aligned, you know. It was like, yeah. you know, we we just happened to pick the right guitar cabinet with the right amp. Uh, you know, I mean, it's my amp, but you know, we just picked the right guitar cabinet. Uh, just, everything just kind of just really fell into place and we kind of took our time with it too. Like we weren't rushed to do anything. We didn't really have anything pre-planned. It was just, we just wanted to go in there. And I think the the players too, just us as players, all of us being, you know, seasoned musicians, I think kind of came into play with that as well. Right. Yeah. I, well, it, and that's, and that's kind of how it sounds. Um, you know, it, 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 it does sound like a group of people who've, who've who've worked worked on an album it doesn't sound like you know like one guy threw some songs together in one place and someone else did and then like you know you came together in the studio and just kind of pieced it together um it sounds kind of um organic yes i use that word a lot because i feel like that's the way we write too we write as a band we throw ideas across each other and you know some may hit some may not hit it just depends on the vibe you know and yeah. I think that we got a really good vibe between the four of us. Um, there's just a lot of give and take, and there's a lot of back and forth. And I think that came out on the record. Yeah, I I, I was speaking to Kyle Thomas last night from Exorda, and um, oh. and we were having the same discussion. Um, you know, they they've got an album just coming out, and we would say he was saying the same thing, which is it's like communication's the key. You know, you've 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 got to knock it backwards and forwards and if somebody doesn't like a piece and you know, I'm the same with this, you know, if, if, if someone doesn't like a part of the song, that's great, but you can't just not like it. You've got to explain what it is that's not working right. for you and offer something, you know, where do you see it going? Cause if you, if it's not this, you've, it must be something else. You can't just bring nothing to the table. You can't just bring, don't like it. Right. Right. Exactly. No. And I think that everybody with this record, everybody kind of put in their two cents where they wanted it to be, uh, you know, as far as like, well, I like this. I don't like that. But then it's like you said, too. Well, if you don't like this, what is, you know, let's let's bring something else to the table. Or do you have an idea to replace this if you don't like this? And there were there are a couple songs we we did write. Uh, we had like five or six other songs that we wrote before that were going to be on the record. And we were just like, you know what? I, and I think two of them were my songs. Like I wrote the whole song and I was like, I was like, I just, I don't, I don't like the vibe. Um, we, we, we did keep one older song, which is uh, we into temptation. That was an older song. So that's from about three years ago. 
Otherwise, the rest of the material isn't even like a year old. Like we really started working hard on this three years ago, but it just, I don't know what happened. Just the, the stars kind of aligned differently. Um, and really what happened was Scott came to a practice on a day we weren't supposed to practice. And they were like, hey, can you, can you, can you make it? And I was like, no, I got family stuff going on. So they started uh, what was to become uh, the Painful Conflict track. And they started that song and that just kind of spurred off the writing sessions. And, you know, we always write as a band, but instead of this time what we did, it, instead of going over the material, like, you know, okay, we're coming in, we got two songs written from last week. We're going to play those songs and then we're going to start writing. We didn't do that. We wrote the song, we put it on the back burner and then we started writing a new song. So I feel like the sessions were fresh and organic every time. And instead right, of yeah. you like being tired or you're like, oh, yeah, I just played two songs, man. I'm tired or whatever. We were just fresh. We we weren't exhausted. We weren't tired. And I yeah. I really think that helped the songwriting process. Yeah, it, it well, it helps you not overthink as well, doesn't it? There's nothing worse than getting halfway through a song and going, well, where's this going? And where did it start? And I, I don't know what's going on anymore. You know, it's like it's just riff soup. And, and yeah, yeah, no, no that's exactly. That's exactly what happened. I mean, there were, I, I'd probably say probably 50% of the riffs that I wrote on this record were by mistake. I was just, just goofing around while we're warming up. And then somebody's like, hey, I really like that. Let's use that. And like you yeah. said, don't think about it too much. Let it come out and just play what you feel. Yeah, I we're, we're in the midst of writing a new album at the moment. And um, nice. Um, and and it's, it, it's, it's, exactly, it's exactly that. It's basically just, just write. Just, just write, you know, and however, whatever we, you know, whatever we feel, whatever we think is next, um, do that. And, and, and funnily enough, I, you know, I was sat there while um, the guitarist was just trying to work out uh, like, like, oh, you know, I kind of want to lead over this bit or just, just something, just, just a flourish over the top of it, just to bring something. And he was working on it and I was sat there and I, and I just kind of went, well, look, do you know what? I can clearly hear um some vocals i want to put over that section and he was literally like put the guitar straight down i was like cool do that <laughs> you know it's just right, like great right. i can't i'm fucking can't get this you know and it's like yeah, you're well your okay, guys's first your I'll guys's first record was just a huge influence on on a lot of us when we were growing up man so i mean i, it, I it's it's so ironic that you're in the band because like i literally was like <laughs> I mean, we were just, just all, we were, you know, all huge fans. That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. It really is. Okay. Small world. Uh, yeah. Ab well, it's the, it's the metal world, isn't it? You know, yes, yes it is. It is the very small metal world. Um, but um, yeah, it, it's, it, it is that having that, um, that, that kind of license for everybody to just throw in, you know, what they think or, uh, but also, I, what I think is very important is, and again, talking about Kyle last night, it's, it's you know the the movie phrase is "kill your darlings." I don't know what the I don't know what the music phrase is for that. Uh, maybe it's the same, but it it, it is. It's like you know, uh, this is my favorite part of the song. Really, yeah. it kind of doesn't work. Okay, it's got to go. Yeah, you know. Well, I think there's always a give and take. There's always a compromise, and that's the one thing I think about being a musician uh, like yourself or being in the bands that we are in is sometimes it's a give and take some, you know, sometimes it's like, uh, you know, cause I remember way back in the day when we were first starting out, we would get in these like knockdown drag out arguments or fights about a riff. And it's like, 
you know, yeah. and, and I don't, I don't miss those days. Um, and now <laughs> it's just like more, it's like, now it's more of a discussion. It's like, okay, well, you know, what do you think about it? What do you think yeah. about it? And, you yeah. know, I just think in the end of the day, you really have to come together as a band and you just really have to serve the song is how I like to coin the phrase. Oh, mate, this, this is, this is the, this is the conversation, Kyle. Had. He, he used the exact same phrase, wow. serve the song. And I'm, and I'm exactly the same. And, and I, do you know what? I can't put these interviews out back to back. Everybody going, is this, is this the same interview? Um, <laughs> but, but that's a good thing, by the way. Um, yeah. But it, I, yeah, I always say the most important, the most important person in the room is the song. It's not you. Yeah. It's not me. Nope. It's not any of us. The song is the one most important thing. So everything, everything go. Like, you know, it's like, you know, women and children. No, they're not first. Song first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? I agree. Um, you know, if the building's going to get hit by a missile, we've got to let the song out the room first. <laughs> um, <laughs> But but it, it, it's the only way. It's the only way to be is 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 focusing on what is best for the song. Because the minute you start trying to appease people's egos, you're lost. Yeah. Well, and I think fighting fighting a song too. I've been guilty of that too, where I'm just fighting the song, and oh, I just you know you're you're just you're wrestling with it, and you're just like you know, obviously this isn't working. Stop overthinking it let it come. If it doesn't come, put it down, move on, come back to it. You know, it just, you know, I've done that. My, I've just done that too many times where I'm just like, like you said, or, or, or I'm, I'm trying to appease the listener, you know, yeah. and I was guilty uh, off our last record. I was guilty of that. I wanted to write what people wanted to hear. And on this record, I was like, no, nah, man, I want to write what I like. And a lot of it was, um, I'd be in the car and I'd be listening to one of my favorite bands. I'd be like, huh, I really like that. Like, I think I want to start a song like that, you know, yeah. but I made it my own. And then, you know, you just kind of move forward and you just, you have to let the song breathe too. You know, I, yeah. I, I've known, I mean, I've, I've, like you have listened to a lot of music over my lifetime and some songs you just feel they're just real linear. They don't breathe. You really have to find, like I said, that give and take the push and shove, the you know, this is the song I'm here yeah. to serve the song. And, and once that's done and it's born, then you're like, this is the creation that we we just we just went through this process to create this, and you love the song, you accept it, and then you move on. Yeah, yeah. I I, I mean, I'm I'm listening to a demo of a song we're working on at the moment, and I must have listened to it over twenty times. And yesterday, I was listening to a section and went, "Oh, yeah. Why don't why don't why are we not doing that at that point? <laughs> but that like, how am I only hearing that now?" That that section is way too short. It should be twice that, and it needs yes. to go there, not there. And yeah, it's fucking obvious. But why is it taking yeah. me twenty listens? You know. Well, it's... you never know, man. Sometimes it's just one of those things where you know. I think we get we get you know. You listen to it, and you're like, ah, maybe 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 your ears just didn't pick up on it until that twentieth listen. Yeah, yeah. I also I'm a big fan of listening to stuff in the car as well. When you're oh, not, yeah. when you're not completely listening to it. Right, because otherwise you're in a fucking wall, you know. Yeah. Um. So you're not completely listening to it, and you hear it. And I swear, you hear it in a different way. You, your brain, it, like you were just saying. Look, we've we've listened to a lot of music over the years. I always describe it as like, you know, I get a new album by somebody, and it's like, oh, this is fucking awesome. Play it three times. Don't really need to play that ever again. Now it's in there. <laughs> 
right? you know, I can lie down, shut my eyes and listen to it. I don't have to play it. I, it's in right. there. Because you, right. And if a song's that good, it's going to stick with you. It's well, going to stick. The, it's going to oh, be in your memory. Yeah. And over the years, we've we've got used to listening to music as you know, work as a job, you're listening to it to pick it apart. What can I learn from it? You're listening to music to how Very am I going to put lyrics over this? What am I going to do with the vocals? You know, what? and so you're listening so intently, you learn how to digest music a lot quicker and a lot more in depth than somebody who maybe isn't in a band. So absolutely. So it, it's, it's kind of like almost to your detriment. That's what I mean. It's like when you're driving along, you're not listening that hard. Right. You know, so right. So, you're, like, so you have these other senses that are picking up on this stuff that you might not have listened or might yeah, not have heard if you're listening. Yeah, to yeah, because yeah, you're almost over listening to it. You're over. Yeah. Where should there this go? go? Where should that go? How is how? Oh, come on. Reveal the right. mystery to me, song. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, no, I'm the same. I'm the same way, too. I'm like, I like this part. Let's let it breathe. It, 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 you know, because uh, I, I feel like on our last record, I feel like we, you know, it's like, OK, well, you know, four measures here. <clears throat> four here yeah no 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 let's do eight let's do 12 it's like who cares you know you 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 want to try to create that feeling so that people are like wow like i i you know when you hear when you hear people say i felt that song versus hearing the song two complete different things yeah yeah well and and also i think there's it like look intensity is great we're talking about like thrash and death metal here so obviously intensity plays a big role but oh, so yeah. does drawing people in and keeping them and putting, the, you know, and, and messing with them and, and and tempo changes and transitions and, and you know, drawing people in and keeping people in. Um, you don't have to be constant, constantly changing like no. you know, like we would when we were a kid. And funnily enough, there's, there's a term in comedy, which kind of what you were talking about, your last album and this album is like if they would if they were two comedians. Right. The uh -huh. last album is um you were going to the audience whereas this album you're going to have the audience come to you exact oh that's ooh, i like that that's pretty heavy i can't <laughs> even imagine what it's like to be a stand-up comedian that has to be like super <laughs> hard like i you know years ago i was like i you know some people tell me ah you're funny you know whatever okay i thought ah, maybe i could do it maybe i could do it and then i would listen to a lot of these comedians like you know whoever dave Chappelle or whoever and i'm like no, man, this is an art form. <laughs> These guys know what they're doing. Like, you you know, just the way, especially Dave Chappelle, the way he takes you on this ride and kind of takes you in these weird depths and, like, seriousness and then just punches you in the face. And I'm like, you, yeah, you, 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 you got to be good at it. You can't, you know, like, I, like you know, we've, I've seen a couple of people, you know, you're just like, yeah, these guys are kind of whatever, but. When you see these really good guys and you're just like, wow, like this is a true art form. And people, I don't think people realize how difficult uh, being a comedian can be. Well, uh, well, thank you. And, and, um, but the, the, you know, when you're inside it, it's always a lot more simple than that. Um, mm -hmm. So firstly, Dave Chappelle, when he started out was fucking shit. And the reason I know that is because every single comedian who ever started doing stand up was shit to begin with, you know, Bill Burr, right. Bill Hicks, everybody. We're all shit to begin with because how you learn is you yeah. go up there and you're shit. And then the next time you're a little bit better than shit. 
and then then uh, yeah next and, time a little bit right you yeah, keep yeah, you keep and, building you keep growing yeah but everybody's journey is different some people never get better than shit and quit some people quite quite the phrase that i kind of i kind of like that um <laughs> uh, but it's just something you work at it's just something you know ten thousand hours and you're a comic yeah you know it's i always say the same thing to everybody in the stand-up circuit the only the only way that you do not end up being a professional stand-up comedian and earning a living from it is if you quit. Yeah. If you don't quit, you will be a professional stand-up comedian and that will be your job. Right. We, but, we have this, we have this, know, um, uh, here in the States, uh, in, in Indiana, there's a club we play called black circle played all the time. And, uh, <clears throat> I don't know how this came about, but they started doing like matinee shows. And I was like, what? I was like, we're going to go on at like five o'clock in the afternoon and play. But what they would do is they'd have two or three bands play. And then after the bands, they would have comedians come in. And it was like the coolest, like, we always like, bring us back on a Sunday again. Bring us back again. They always, <laughs> yeah. they always comedians, they're just, you know, starting out or whatever, trying to make a name. Yeah. And there's just some really funny people. And we were like, this is awesome. So you get your death metal out of the way. And then you got the comedian. It was like the funnest thing I think we've ever done because it's like, okay, now we can sit back, drink a couple of pints, and 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 listen to these guys laugh a little bit, eat some food, have some fun. So yeah, I always thought that was kind of cool that they mixed the comedy with the music. Yeah, and and the the, the weird thing is, it's you know having been a stand up for many years and then coming back to being a front man. Obviously, I've got the skills of all those years of stand-up which is which which helps it certainly mm -hmm. helped when we were on the major stage in bloodstock and one guitar went down and i had to basically had, I, I had to fill for five minutes to a field full of twenty thousand right. people um, right uh you but, you right you you almost right you gotta yeah. you gotta channel that stand-up at yeah. that point well and and you know what it was it, it it was no different to emceeing a room full of 200 people except it was a field with twenty thousand people in. you do the same thing you know you you Tell them what the problem is. Yeah, get them on your side. You see someone, you take the piss, you have a chat, and you've just it, it, and you've just got to improv, improv, improv. Is that fixed yet? And uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, and, and just, ready? yeah, yeah, and, and just keep. Going. Eventually, our guitarist just turned around and went, "Fucking song." <laughs> it's like it's like my guitar's dead. Just fucking play a song. But um, it's it's all learned. You know, it's all learned over the years. It's all experience. And, you know, ultimately, it's, it, it you know, it's so different from music. It is so Oh, I can, I can imagine. Music, you know, because the weird thing is I, I help a, a, a booker. I always say to him, when, when, when dealing with people who book comedy nights, the first thing you've got to explain to them is that um, you need the crowd to be silent. You need the crowd to be quiet because they always think of comedy nights as these raucous nights. And it's like, look, it will be, but only if you can hear the comedian, only right. if everybody is focused and listening to the comedian, can they then laugh, you know? And that's yeah. why it's like, oh, we've put some tables in the crowd. Yeah. But some of those seats don't face the stage. Oh, but people will turn their seats around. They won't. Tables create a little gang. People won't turn their seats round. They'll listen. And, yeah. But that table starts talking to each other. 
because they have broken away from the audience. So the only way to actually explain it to the person running the gig is, have you ever been to the cinema and seen seats that do not face the screen? No. Then don't have any at a fucking comedy show. <laughs> right, right? You'd think it'd be obvious, wouldn't you? Yeah, like, you would yeah. think. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of that makes no that makes a lot that makes a lot of sense. And when you're playing in a band, you don't want the audience to be quiet. So yes, yeah, I, absolutely. I, I and and the I thing is it. as well is that you like um, with a band, it's kind of like it, you can you can just ride roughshod over the audience. They can hate you, but you can right. just blast the tunes out and not give a fuck. But right. but you know, yeah, but in comedy, it's kind of like no, no, no. They're letting you know that that they hate you. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh god. I've and I've seen some, I've seen some stand ups where I'm like, ooh, that's that's brutal. That uh, oh, it's painful. Who's this? Who's this? Who's this? This new young kid, uh, Matt Rife or whatever his name is. That guy is real young kid. But man, I've watched a couple of his his stand ups. He he is pretty pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. He's a U.S. guy, but pretty right. damn good. I was pretty impressed. I was pretty impressed that somebody that young can be that smooth. And uh, because, like, most of his shows, like, he gets interrupted. And, like, somebody will heck him or whatever. And, like, he just takes over. And I'm like, how? Yeah. I, I would have been lost in my tracks, man, you know. And this guy just picked it up and just kept moving with it. And I thought that was pretty impressive. Well, this is this is a thing. It's just also more of a, it. It's developing more where um, it's a bit like people coming to the front of the front of a gig. And I'm sure you've had this where you're playing a show and people come to the front of the gig and then they turn their back to you and they take a selfie with you in the background. <laughs> Do you know? And those people get a yeah. pint of water over their heads. Obviously. Yes. <laughs> but um, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just like. You can't. <laughs> yeah what right the, what are you doing this is my fucking shut don't fucking turn up and have me in the background like you're in the fucking band you know what i mean like <laughs> hey check me out they're, they're lucky i turned up you know it's like, yeah what right is that about yeah oh. and it, but it's the same thing in 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 comedy where it's like people have started people are um heckle more now and yeah and and the thing is People always people always think, oh, but you like it, don't you? It helps. No, no, and no, it doesn't. No, no, no it doesn't. At no point in at, in no point of all those years of writing material have I ever been writing a gag and thought, you know what? I'm going to leave a space in here for some piss twat to shout out. Right, right. No, no. Yeah. We went we went to a, we went to a comedy show. It was the last year, sometime. I can't remember. He was a can't remember the guy's name. Nothing like real huge. Uh, but, you know, somewhat like medium. And, yeah, somebody heckled or no, I'm sorry. It was an opener. This guy was opening for somebody else. And I know, he started talking. I, I, I think he was a he was a gay comedian or something. And he said something and somebody heckled him. And like the security came and took the guy right out the door. And I thought, wow, like the guy just said, like, so, I didn't even hear what the guy said. But yeah, I just said one thing and like he's removed from the, you know, I was like, ugh. So yeah, it, it, it I yeah I I could see where heckling could get very frustrating. Yeah, it can be um it, it can be like that to a certain extent, yes. But um the level I operate at, you know, sometimes if you've got a group, if you've got like a stag party or a hen party, and um, you know, they're they're you know, there's like. 10 15 of them and they you know that's that's a big enough i mean basically if you've got you know if you've got um 150 people in a crowd 
Well, 15 people is 10%. And that can pollute an entire audience in a comedy audience. In a music audience, no, not a chance. No. But in a comedy audience, that's enough to disrupt a whole fucking night. So yeah. sometimes you will get security will come in and they'll just say, right, any more and you're shut, out. Shut up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I'm hosting, then the first thing I'll do is find out, right, who's the bride? Uh, okay, I was, oh, brave. Get, and give her all the attention in the world and then say, right, that's it now. You shut up, you're silent, and that, that's your moment. That's it, you know? Right. The night is not about you. It's about the comedians. Sit back, yep. enjoy yourselves, and let's all have fun. You've had your moment, you know? Yeah, I Sometimes agree. it works, but depending on the amount of alcohol they've had, sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Um, look, one thing I was going to ask you actually when we were talking about songwriting earlier um, was, I well, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay a bet that there are songs that that are on your albums, and you are like, do you know what? I should have killed that song. It's yes. like the, the one where you keep going back and you keep trying to fix it and you keep trying to fix, and you end up with a version that is kind of like, right, okay, let's go with this. And you know, I look back at the songs on our albums. I look back on them. It's like, should have killed that. Oh yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I think probably the last two records, especially, Oh God. So wounds deeper than time from 2017. Yeah. There's like at least two songs that I'm like, why did we put this on there? <laughs> this song sucks. I don't like it. Uh, you know, it might've been like, Hey, you know, you need someone, you know how it is, you're signed, you need so many songs on your, your record, this and that. Um, so yeah, on that one, and the last two, yeah, there's, there's definitely quite a few songs, but not quite a few, but a couple like, on this record, uh-uh. I think yeah. I, and I, and I don't say that often about every record, but this record, I'm really happy with every, like, I, I couldn't even pick out one that, if you had to tell me, you pick out one song off of this record to go, I, I couldn't, I couldn't pick one. I couldn't pick one, but in, but in the past, oh yeah. Or there's always some like, oh, why did I, why did I sing that line? Or why did I do that there? Or, uh, oh man, that really sounds stupid now, you know, but like <laughs> five years ago, it sounded okay. You know? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's always that, but I, I, I'm always uh, like, there's, there's songs where it's those songs where it's like, you've done a version, you've demoed a version and then you've all decided, right. Okay. Well, no, let's change that pit and let's change. And you're constantly trying to repurpose it. And what you really need to do is just go, it's like a car, you know, it's like you, you keep trying to make this thing run when yeah. what you should do is just strip it for fucking parts and give up on it. Exactly. Distribute the parts elsewhere. Oh yeah. Know? Oh yeah. No, I completely agree with you. I think sometimes it's, you know, it, like we said before, you're not serving the song, you're serving yourself. So, yeah. it, you know, if you're going to get to the point where you're going to get so blind into it that you just can't, you can't, you know, like you're just frustrated. I, and I and I and I've done that before. I've gotten to a certain point where the song I'm like, I just don't like this. I'm fighting this. Why am I fighting this? This is stupid. Uh, like you said, maybe take maybe take some of the riffs and start something else. And then you never know that other song might become the gem that you were trying to write, anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and and I have to say, on first listen, um, the song that really jumped out for me was Oblivion. Wow, you're the second person that said that. Ah, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I I wonder if that's because it's in a higher register. Yes. Um, I don't know, man. I was just, you know, this whole record, man, I, 
like I said, I'd be listening to whatever, whatever my favorite band is, whether it's Alice Cooper or uh, I think Creator. I was listening to some Creator, uh, you know, a couple, couple, you know, when we were writing and stuff. And I'd be like, I just pick out little nuances like, wow, that's really cool the way the drums did this. And he came in with the guitar first with nobody else and this and that. And then I would just go, well, I'm going to see if I can kind of not write that, but write something similar to that. Yeah. That kind of uh, pays tribute to that particular song that I was listening to. I, I know exactly what you mean. That I, I, I know exactly what you mean musically. And I, I've also translated it into comedy as well. What it's the equivalent of is when I'm listening to a comedian and you listen and, and listen to the setup and I'm like, okay, yeah, and here's the punchline. And they go, did it. And you're like, okay. Uh, or you listen to the setup and you go, oh, here's the punchline. Oh, they didn't go there. Oh, well, I've got a new, I've got a new gag now. Yeah. yeah. Because it's okay to steal setups. It's not okay to steal punchlines. So that's the, that's the big thing in comedy. If somebody's a gag thief, it's always, they stole my gag, they stole my punchline. But I'm a big fan of stealing setups and then yeah. and repurposing it and putting my own punchline on there. Sure. Because when I heard that gag, I had, you know, I was like, oh, right. I think I know where this is going. Oh, no, it's not going there. OK, well, that means I can I can work that, which is kind of what you're saying. You know, like musically, you hear a certain thing and you go, yeah, right. Well, you can, you take the principles of it, not the sounds. Right, right. You know yeah, what no, I mean? totally, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you know, just be like anything, like you know, oh, I, I, I'm gonna put a little squeal here because you know what? I was listening to this one song last week, and I really liked the way that guy put that squeal in there. But like, yeah. you, you, but like you said, you kind of make it your own, you know? Because yes, I, I know, I know. There's that. I don't know if you guys have it over by you in the UK, but like we, a, a dark side of comedy series, and Ooh, we were watching a huh. I'm not no. aware of it. Oh, yeah, it, no. Yes, 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 yes. 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 Uh, oh, and, the age-old age tears of a clown, comedians commit suicide, yada, yada. Yeah, but there was that one <laughs> segment where I was it Carlos Mencina or something that was like accused of like stealing other, uh, other, other, um, you know, other jokes from, from other comedians, yeah. making it his own. And it's kind of like, eh, I think if you line up 10 comedians, you might hear a lot of similarities, but they're all going to put their own spin on it, you know? And yeah. I think that's the not only with comedians, but with musicians, you got to put your own spin on it because, you know, you don't want to steal something outright. But yet at the same point, we're all influenced by stuff. You know, like you said, you might see somebody with a gag and go like, hey, I think I can make that work for me. Yeah. And, and you know, I believe it was uh, uh, the philosopher, Mr. Dimebag Daryl, who said we're all just borrowing riffs. You know? Yeah. Wow. And, and it's and it, and it's very true. It really is. But it's like. You know, just because you just because you put a pinch harmonic in a riff doesn't mean you've ripped off Machine Head. Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> or it, Zach Wild. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I, I don't <laughs> think he plays anything other than pinch harmonics. But, but right, you know, right. but you know what I mean. It's it's like yeah. you know, nobody owns anything. No, you know, it's no, and I think a lot of people get a little too carried away with it too. Like, oh man, that sounds like this, or that sounds like that, or he stole this, he stole that. And it's kind of like, how do you steal? You know, my thing is, no matter what any of us write it all is it, it all comes from somewhere else yeah like you know what i mean like nothing is truly really original anymore some guy back in the 30s might have been playing that same line but in a different way or a different version and it you know i yeah. guess yeah like, well like you said dimebag said we're all borrowing riffs 
Yeah, look, I, I I came up with a with a song title which um I really liked as an album title, and I was like, oh, I'm really pleased with this. Nice bit of wordplay, and I, that's great. Did a Google search. Yeah, Groundhogs, 1969. Fuck. I know, hey, I know, <laughs> yeah. isn't it, dude? And you know, I do the same thing. I come up with a title. I'm like, I better Google this and make sure this isn't like you know, ten other bands got the same title or the same premise. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I, everybody, well, everyone's fucked when it comes to Moshkinstein because that's like that, that, <laughs> that, that was the first word I made up, and it still sticks to this day. And you know what? I'm, I'm glad I mentioned that because it's, it, it's the principle of exactly what we were talking about. Where did Moshkinstein come from? Frankenchrist, right? Well, that's like, yeah. So Frankenstein. Well, they've taken Franken. I'll take the Stein. Yeah, you know, and just, just switch it. Put a word right? on the front of Stein. Oh, Moshkinstein. Great. So, yeah, to- total dead Kennedy's inspiration. Oh, God, yeah. But God, no I one, remember. But oh, no one, man. Yeah. Great but band. no one's going to connect the dots between Frankenstein, Frankenstein right. and Moshkinstein. But that's yeah. exactly what it, that's exactly how I got there. That's that's very creative, man. And, well, no, it, it's borrowing riffs is what it is. <laughs> It's just repurposing somebody else's idea. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I kind of feel like that, too, especially writing lyrics sometimes, too. I feel like I'm just, you know, not all the time, but, you know, sometimes, like you said, you're just repurposing something, you know. But but then you put your own spin on it. Put your own spin on it. You make it yours. Yeah. Yeah. And lyrically, um, with with this album, was was there a different approach? Again, was it more that approach of, you know, like, right, I'm not writing lyrics to please people and I'm not writing lyrics to something that is to an album that is just 100% trad death metal, you know? So did, did, did that kind of, you know, did you approach the lyric writing the same way you you did the music writing with which I'm just going to do what I want? Yeah. I, I, well, the lyric, the lyric process is always kind of a, I don't know how you feel about it. I always feel it's a tedious process. Um, Sometimes it can be, just like, I don't want to do this. You know, like even Max Cavalera, they asked him, I know in an interview about writing lyrics, he said, I freaking hate it, you know? And I said, yeah, it can be kind of a chore, but I use it more as a therapy. And for me, yeah. I write, when I when I write yeah. lyrics, I write about what I know and what I feel. Yeah. And the last three years of, you know, the whole COVID thing and just all this stuff going on, I had just all these different mixed emotions going on, like everybody, like all, all of us did. And that's yeah. the weird thing is we're we're all in it together as a, as human beings. We're all in this world together, whether we think so or not. And I just wanted to write about what I was feeling. You know, there was some anger. There was some depression, some sadness. Um, you know, we even had, um, uh, you know, uh, Eric's grandpa developed dementia and eventually passed away. And that kind of hit me a little hard because, you know, I just see so many of these, you know, older people getting dementia and it scares the crap out of me. And I'm like, I don't, I don't get it, you know? And yeah, I, so I, so I turned those emotions and how I felt about it in, into the, into the, into the lyrics and into the songs. So I never write about anything I don't know about. I never write about anything that I haven't experienced or actually felt for myself. Yeah. So they're just kind of really just down to earth lyrics about how I feel. And the thing I like, the thing I like about my lyrics is I have people, oh, well, this is what I got. 
So I'm yeah, like, well, oh, that's yeah. cool because you got something completely different than what it's written about. But that's to me what it about in the when it's all said and done in the end grand scheme of things, it's all about the listener and how they and what they're interpreting the lyrics as for them. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I totally agree. I mean, you can write something that is absolutely specific, like a specific situation, right. a specific, and people like we apply their lives to it and how it works for them and what it's about for them and um and funnily enough i i i was looking back at lyrics that i wrote on our last album and um i actually had the same experience with my own lyrics and it's like i read that there's a song called my piece of hell but peace is spelt p-e-a-c-e and um and and i look back at it now and I'm like, wow, I think this song is about, I didn't know that I had ADHD at the time. And um, I think it was about me self-medicating with weed because of my ADHD. And I look wow. back on those lyrics now and go, right, okay. So I'm now I'm now doing a listener thing. I'm I'm interpreting my own lyrics, which is which is a weird experience. Um, but funnily enough to I'm exactly I'm exactly 100% the other way with you man. I'm uh basically I'm a writer who can sing. I'm not a singer who can write. So lyrics Fair first. Enough. You know and 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 all my life. Hey, have you got have you got a melody in line for those? Have you got a rhythm in mind for those? Fuck off. I just <laughs> I wrote like I wasn't even thinking about music. These are fucking words. The the message is what's important. The words are what's important. When I'm right. writing when I'm writing lyrics, I'm really writing poetry. I'm not thinking there's too many words in that sentence. I'll have to drop some of those. That you know that will never balls to that. Right. Just it, it's it's got to come out. It's got to come yeah, out. I think it's, it's got to be, be. I think it's got to be natural. It's got to be a natural feel, and it's got to be something that you're passionate about. Because you know. I, I can't write about stuff I don't know about or stuff that I'm not interested in, you know? Well, you know what they say when it comes to writing, whether it's comedy, whether it's movies, whatever it is, you write what you know. Exactly. Write what That's you know. hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, the, the, and the best comedians, the best comedians are the people who are saying things to a room full of strangers that their family don't know. And their best friends don't know. They are exposing the deepest corners of themselves and what they Vulnerability. think. Because as a comedian over the years, what you learn is, do you know what? I'm going to say this. And I think people who think the same way as me are going to laugh. They're going to go, <laughs> that's me. And people who aren't like me are going to laugh and go, <laughs> that's fucking insane. You know, and, <laughs> and then there'll be some people who don't laugh, but that's fine. There's always people who don't laugh, but you've got both bases covered, you know? Right. So ultimately, you know, the, the deeper you go, whether it's lyric writing, comedy, whatever it is, you know, the, the deeper you go, the more you reveal of yourself, I think the more engaging it is to people and the more they apply their own meanings to things because, you know, your words mean something to them. Sure. Yeah. I think being vulnerable too, that's, that's pretty huge, man. That's uh, yeah. Yeah. You're putting yourself out there and I think, you know, you doing it with your comedy and even with the band, same thing with me, you're putting yourself out there. You're, yeah. you're saying, this is it. This is, this is, this is my experience. I'm, I'm I'm sharing it with you guys and you take it for what it's worth. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I don't think there's, um, 
there's we we kind of live in a in an environment now especially in the metal scene where i think it, it's it, like all bets are off you know there aren't there are no um taboo subjects there is there, there's nothing that you can't you know express through music right um, and 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 especially with um you know with mental health struggles and things like that um you know i i think more than ever people and and let's be honest okay there's a it's there's a real you know there's a still a very macho element to metal thrash death metal all of that and um and we are of a, a generation where it's like you know fucking buckle up fight through get on with it do what you got to do life's life you know life's tough get a fucking helmet you know that's basically <laughs> it yeah right 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 and and it's easy to look at generations coming through and going like oh christ what a fucking bunch of moaning cunts they can't do anything for themselves they've got no balls that how are they ever going to survive and you know what well you can say that but our generation men we're busy fucking killing ourselves you know, yeah. the big, we've got a huge problem with suicide. It's the biggest killer of men over 40s is oh, themselves. Oh, yeah. And, that's oh, because, yeah. We... and, you know, that's because we didn't do what these kids who are coming through now are, which is talk about our feelings, which is actually right. bigger shit out right. instead of just burying it and have it come bite you in the ass in your 40s. And you either buy a sports car or hang yourself from a fucking tree, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, no, I, I, well, I even think the, the generation that even before it's like my grandparents they didn't you know i i can tell like with like people of our generation now like even you got kids the dads are taking more of an interest or as were before it was like dads were hands off yeah. that was for the mom you know and it it definitely has changed and uh I, it, it it's just it's just weird sometimes now that you just it like you said just the generational shift as far as how that works now it's just sometimes it's like oh okay you know like yeah. like you said like 20 years ago, it might not have been acceptable to share your feelings at this point, but now it is, you know, yeah. and, and, and it sucks too. I, we, we just had a, uh, one of my buddies was just telling me, he goes, Oh yeah, this bar next to me, this guy came in bartender who's having a hard time, whatever came in, came into his shift and, uh, had a backpack and went into the bathroom and blew his brains out in the bathroom. They're like, wow, like you're serious. And he's like, yeah. And you're just like, ah, oh. so yeah, you, you just don't know what's going through anybody's minds these days. Yeah. And I, 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 I think that with the, the current climate we're in right now, I think we, we pay more attention to that a little bit, but there's still people that don't talk about it or don't get the help. And then, like yeah. you said, you hear about it and you're like, Holy crap. Like it blows me away. Cause I mean, I've been, you know, I've dealt with depression the last couple of years and all that, but never the point where I wanted to like take myself out. So I, I, I feel bad for when, when that happens and when I see stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I mean, I've, I have my fair share of um, mental health struggles as well. And I, I, yeah, I think, I think we all have. Um, oh yeah. Whether, you know, I think everybody has, there's just those who admit it and those who don't. Um, and ultimately, I, yeah. I mean, I, I always, um, I have this thing where everyone's saying like, you know, oh, talk to somebody, you know, talk to a friend, talk to and like, no, no, no it, it, the, the whole talking thing. Yeah, that's a great message. But you know what? Talk to a fucking professional. Absolutely. You know, don't, Absolutely. don't, just, don't pour all that, the, don't pour all that weight on your friends, but 
who aren't equipped to handle it or help because you know all we do as friends is is empathize true you know and it's like true. well you know that's you need you need to be able to talk it out and i i you know i don't think there's anything better than being able to sit down, sit down in a room with a complete fucking stranger who doesn't know anything about you your life your history right. what you did at school who you fucked who you fought whatever you know just you know talk to me cool yeah well, and I think part of the process, too, is being open with that person and being honest with that person, you know, because you can go in there and you can lie your ass off and that other person isn't going to be able to help you. Yeah. But if you're honest with that person and 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 I and I, I have I've, I've talked to some I've, ta- I've talked to some professionals the past couple of years and very grateful that those people have that outside of, you know, outside opinion instead of like you said, maybe you say, oh, I'm sorry or, you know, somebody coddling me or whatever. Yeah. These people are giving you their their personal uh, uh are they you know they're they're professionals and that's what they're there for and i wish more people reached out to get help because there's no shame yeah no absolutely absolutely and and the thing is as well is that you know it's kind of like the first thing i learned was when you when you when you're in there and you you know you, you talk to a professional what 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 your friends will do is you talk to them and then they talk back to you whereas when you're in with when you're in there with a, a counselor you talk to them and they say nothing. So you carry on talking and they say yeah. nothing. So you carry on. And now you've got to a realm of conversation that you've never had. You're now saying things right. out loud that you've never said before because there isn't that other person feeling the need to knock the ball back across the fucking net. Right. <laughs> You're, it's in your court now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, um, Jesus, I, di- I didn't expect to end up here, dude. <laughs> hey, it's all good, man. <laughs> so, um, uh, look, I'm I, I, any plans? I, standard question now. Let's let's make out like this is just a normal, um, <laughs> boring podcast interview. Um, so, what are your touring plans? <laughs> well, we've got uh, what is it? Beginning of March, we have uh, we're going to do uh, a couple of West Coast runs, uh, California in vegas with uh skeletal remains um they're a very uh they're they're an awesome bunch of guys they've been around about i think 10 12 years right now and uh they got a new album coming out so uh and with our album coming out we thought let's team up for a couple of days um so we're going to do that and then uh, a couple weeks after that we're coming back uh and then we're going to south america for i think it's eight dates with a, a band called malevolent creation out of florida so no more, uh, and, then, and then and hopefully going to Mexico for uh, a couple of dates That's awesome. Get, get, guess where Kyle from Exorder just got back from? South America. South America, yeah. You see, you know, and it's weird because the last podcast I was in, they're like, on, they're like, he's our next guest, <laughs> so he must be like following me, or I might be following <laughs> him, or something. So it's kind of ironic. Oh, brilliant. So have, have you ever, um, well, have you ever, I'm sure you have over the years, but I don't know. Let's ask, have you ever been, have you ever managed to make it over to uh, Europe and the UK? Yes, we were in, uh, we were in the UK last year for the uh, UK Death Fest. Oh, and right. They, yeah. And then we were in Denmark for the Killtown Death Fest. And then, uh, so that was the first time we were in the UK. And then a couple of years before that, we were in um, um, uh, Netherlands for the Netherlands Death Fest. Yeah. And then we were in Czech Republic for the Symbolic Open Air Fest. So, so um, where where was the Death Fest? 
in the which, UK? Which, um, it was in um. Oh man, um, ah, <laughs> tip of my tongue. London, I think. Yeah, that was in London. Was it the Underworld? Was, what was it? The Underworld. Yes, yes, that was one of the venues. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I, and I'm because I'm thinking. Um... Oh, for, um, yeah, a mate of mine, Dave Ingram's band was playing. I can't remember what the... Yes, What's yes. that fucking band called? I can't remember. Benediction? You mean Benediction? Yeah, Benediction. Yeah. No, I ran... We do. I ran into him. They played the Czech Republic Fest with us. And then, yeah, I ran into him on that run, too. So it was really cool. Yeah, no, there was a lot of really cool bands. Um, Carl from uh, Memoriam, Bull Thrower. Uh, got, to, got to hook up with him again. And just huge fan of his. But we've been buddies for years. So, no, the UK was just amazing we were trying to get back there this year but you know ran into some problems with uh you know budgets and everything's yeah. you know everything's just so expensive right now just not a lot yeah. to go around but uh we yeah. really wanted to try to come back over to the to the uk for like five or six dates um so i'm hoping that happens maybe later in the year or maybe even next year uh maybe once the record comes out maybe somebody will just be like we got to bring these guys over because uh yeah I, I i i we had we had a blast and I love the European fans, uh, UK fans, and they're just amazing. They just love music so much, and it's just, it's just an honor and pleasure for us to come over and play for those fans. Well, it, it's funny because you mentioned a few festivals there, and um, it, it, why, wh why do you think it is that festivals just don't seem to work in the states? You know, there's this huge festival circuit that everyone plays in Europe and the UK throughout the summer, and you know why Metallica have tried to make a festival work? Couldn't Slipknot have tried to make a festival work? Couldn't. What is, I, I is think it a as, cultural just, thing? No, I think it's just because it's it's uh, it's just oversaturated. It's just right. oversaturated, and I think that it's like once you have well, same thing here in 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 the U.S. It's like you have your annual festivals that happen every year, and sometimes they turn out real good, sometimes they don't. Um, I just think it's just because it's oversaturated, and I think that. The mentality is more is better. And I think sometimes when you have, it's kind of like a, like you go to your favorite restaurant or you just go to a restaurant in general and you see the menu and the menu's so vast, you can't make up your mind. Yeah. And then you go to a restaurant that has like good, better, best. And you're yeah. like, oh, I know what I want. So I think a lot of times it's just, it's like that whole phrase, uh, more isn't always better. You know, less is more. Yeah. And so I think so I think maybe if some of the festivals scaled back and maybe just had like a good, better, best instead of having, you know, instead of having 90 bands, why don't you just have like 15, you know? Well, and I, I think maybe yeah. that could be the case. Uh, it, look, for me, Bloodstock is the is the perfect example. You've got a main stage and then you you can walk for five minutes and you're at the second stage. And that's pretty much it. You've got some yeah. other little stages dotted about, but they're kind of like, you know, unsigned bands and local bands. And you can pop in and it's cool. You know, there's a bar there. There's music playing. It's live. But there's two main stages. There's a main stage and then there's a a, a kind of a, a big stage in a tent. And there and it's a five minute walk between the two. That's perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. I, I you know, that was one thing I liked about the UK Death Fest is you had they had they just had two. They had two venues. I still can't remember the, I don't know if we were at the underworld or I can't remember. I can't remember right now, but so there, there was just two. The black two, heart, was it two, would have been the black heart. 
No. Ah, I'm gonna have to look this up now. Was, now I'm frustrated. It, yeah, I, I know, I know exactly how you feel. It was, it was literally, it was literally down the block. Like there was, like they were just a block apart, and it was just awesome that you, you know, I'd be seeing my favorite band over here, and then I'd run down the block and go in and see the other band, and I just, I just thought they did a really well, really good job of it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think I know the one you mean. Yeah, um, and and I'm. I wasn't around because I I wanted to I wanted to pop in and say hello to Dave, but um um I I I was either away doing comedy or with the band or something, um so yeah uh, we, we ships in the night we we nearly <laughs> we nearly met back then um right but, um I, I, well it's look it'd be great to get you guys back over here um yeah I would I would I would love it we're open to any anything and any anybody that wants to bring us back I would love it it's you know I we spent. When our first record came out 32 years ago, it was like we we were a European. Uh, that's where our fan base was. Our label is in the UK, so I mean, you know, we have your a lot label, of ties. Your label uh, was your label was started by a mate of mine, Hammy. Oh, you Hammy! Oh yeah! Oh my gosh! I used to talk to that guy all the time back in the day. What a what yeah. a wonderful guy! You know, he he signed us to Peaceville, right? We were on Def Records, and then he signed us to Peaceville. So I mean. Yeah, man, I have not talked to him in many, many moons, but no, very nice guy. I, do you know what? Me neither. I, I don't, I don't know if he's still in the industry, if he's still involved with Peaceville at all. I don't think he is. I, I know he's he... not involved with Peaceville because uh, right. Paul Groundwell, he's, he's, that's, he's, he's the guy there now. Right. I mean, I, yeah, I, I have. So, Hammy, if you're out there, if you're listening, <laughs> yes, you know, drop love us to have a line. You on the show. Drop us a line. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now, there's there's a name from back in the day. That's good. absolutely. Yeah, when when you were saying that our first album came out 32 years ago, I was like, Jesus. Yeah, I mean, it's like I know, hey. It's, it's well, um, the fear is that that album turns um, 35 on Tuesday. So that's wow. Going to be yeah, yeah. That's like fucking old. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, um, though, man. That's awesome. But um. Yeah, it's uh, it, it it it's amazing, and and yeah, it's kind of weird, isn't it, that you that you signed to a to to a UK label all those years ago. You know, it's kind of well, and it you're just still started with them. It started the tape trading. You know, we just started we started doing the tape trading thing. Yeah, and you know when it when it was when it was just starting out, and I don't know, our tape got redubbed and recirculated and 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 traded so many times and. You know, we'd get the the fan magazines from from all over Europe, and you know yeah. the 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 white with the you know like you go to the copy shop and put it together in your bedroom, and you know you yeah. mail it off, and we get all these things, and we'd see our tape in like all these different magazines, and uh, one uh, one it was like I don't know, three o'clock in the morning or something like that, and phone rings, and it was Johnny from uh, Def Records, and Johnny's like, hey man, your demos on, it's really, you know, it's all over Europe we would like to sign you. And I was like, that, that would be awesome. And he signed us for the dying remains. And then once deaf records, uh, I don't know if they went under, went out of business, whatever happened. And then peaceful literally only took two bands from deaf records over to the main label. And we were one of them. So very fortunate to, to do that. And yeah, I've been with them for a long time. Even when our contract expired off the third record, I still kept in touch with Paul and Hammy and all those guys. And, I just always, I always liked the label. I just thought it was a really awesome label. Um, a lot of my favorite bands were on the label. 
And um, yeah, and then just the fact that it was in the UK, I was like, this is awesome, you know. And I and for I think the first couple of years of our career, people didn't even know we were a US band. They thought we were a UK based <laughs> band just because yeah. of the fans, you know. Yeah, well, just if you were on Peaceville, it would have been assumed that you were a UK band. Yeah, you know. Um, uh, well, well, f- back in the day, back in the day, um, uh, we were playing in Bradford and, um, uh, we were supported by a band called Reanimator who, um, Oh, I've heard, I, I remember them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we got that. We got their demo tape off them cause we re- we thought they were great and uh, we got their demo tape off them. We gave it to music for nations and they ended up signing them, but the band who opened, who played for 20 minutes and were fucking terrible and played one song twice was a band called Paradise Lost. Wow. That's <laughs> insane. Yeah, I know. I know. Because um, because because Peaceful had distribution through Music for Nations for quite yeah. a while. I mean. That's right. And, yeah. and, and that's so funny because that was one that was the first band that we loved off of the label was Paradise Lost. The yeah. first record was like, oh, my God, this is great. And then their second record was even better. And then we're like, wow, like this band just constantly evolves with every record. It was like insane. Yeah, they were one of their one of one of my top favorite bands for probably like 15 years. Uh, well, they 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 certainly um, evolved from um, from when, from when from when they played with us. The irony being that um you know we we reanimate were on the bill as well we got reanimate assigned and between ourselves and reanimator we probably never sold even a tenth of what paradise lost ended up selling around the world crazy <laughs> but it just goes to show you know well, they you know, they were awful you know they, they really were <laughs> but I think, I think it was like their first or second gig or something like that oh okay um, <laughs> but um yeah oh, man it was just yeah, it was insane. It's just, it's it's great. It's great to talk to somebody from uh, who's 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 been around so long. You know, absolutely, who, um, man, absolutely. Those tape trading days were insane. Did you oh. have, do you remember? Do you remember Morbid Mag out of Norway? No, I don't. Right, okay, because Ronnie from Morbid Mag in Norway, um, like everything else in Norway, stamps are really expensive. So he used to send tapes and he used to send me copies of the magazine. But um, what you had to do was he'd covered the stamps with water soluble glue. So so you could reuse them. So when you got the package, you had to cut the stamps out and, and, you know, post back. You'd reply saying thanks for all that stuff and everything. and, And here are your stamps. And he would take them into the bathroom, wash them. You know, wash the glue off. So, wash that's the so strange off. you say that because I remember somebody asking me to do that back in the day, and I thought this is really odd. Like, why are they asking me to send their stamps back? Wow. Maybe it was Ronnie. I don't know why? Maybe it was Ronnie. It might have been because I'm like, this is odd. He wants me to cut the stamps off and send them back. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. We were see, we see we were we were recycling before we even knew it was a thing. <laughs> you know? Repurposing. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, recycling, or as we used to call it, saving money. You know, yeah, right. That's what it was all about. That's what it was all about. But I, yeah, I loved that tape trading scene. I remember getting um, uh, Jeff Waters' um, Annihilator. I, yeah, I got Alice in Hell 
the original Alice in Hell demo that he recorded oh. that he recorded in his bedroom in his closet. He did the vocals in the closet, and it was all him. And I sent wow. him. I I sent him our Moschenstein demo. We traded that, and then one and then one day, check this out. Right, there's a knock at my parents' door, like yeah, you know, the front door, living with my parents. So I go and I open the door, and there's a package I've got to sign for, and it's like it's LP shaped, and I'm like, okay, and I look at it, and there's a stamp on it that says Megaforce Records, Ooh. and I'm like, what the fuck is this? So I open it up. And I take out, bearing in mind, you know, pre-internet. So sure. I take out something I didn't even know was being made. And it's the first MOD album. Oh. USA for MOD, right? So I take oh. it out and I'm like, what the fuck is this? So I'm looking at it and I'm like, right, okay, so this is like, this is the next, this is the next thing after SOD. Right, okay, cool, cool. And there's a letter in there. And it's from Metal Maria Ferrero, who's still who I'm friends with on Facebook. And um, there's a letter in there and it just said, hi, um, Scott from Anthrax has um, asked me to send you this uh, um, in exchange for a copy of your Moschkenstein demo, if that would be OK. And I'm like, wow. Yep. OK. Love. That's so funny because I love say, going back to pre skull days we like i said acid rain mod sod dri all huge classics i i i still i listen all i still listen to all those bands I oh, just, mate, it's, I, a, it's I, a part I, of me that'll never it i just i don't know what it, it just i don't know there's just something about the music and just that time period that yeah. just I, I don't i don't know it just it, it was like magic in the air I, I i don't know how to describe it but those records are so awesome Till this day, they still all stand the test of time. I, I'm DRI dealing with it jumps out straight away. Yep. It's like that's a game changer for me. Apparently, that is the al that that is the one hardcore record that Kerry King went. Okay, so hardcore's not shit then. Wow, yeah, that was the what that was the album that turned him. It's, um, a, it's a great record, man. I I personally feel like it's it's got a lot. It's heavy. There's a lot of heavy riffs on that record. There is. It's the production that 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 i kind of feel like people sort of they kind of missed it because it because the production is more punky so there's so the guitar has less weight to it um yeah. or the guitar sound has less weight to it but there's some like there's just some awesome there's some awesome shit going on there right well i mean if you even listen like to uh like back in the day i was a huge sex pistols fan and i was watching there was like a documentary or something and they they had uh steve jones in there and he's going to and I was like, wow, like if you really listen to a lot of the, the guitar parts and the overdubs he was doing, it's kind of very metal. I mean, it really is. Yeah. And just his and just his playing, even though he wasn't a big solo guy, it's it just a really underrated guitar player, man. Just some real underrated stuff going on on those records. Yeah. And and do you know what? Here's a here's a really under, underrated record for you, because I think it kind of got. It got a little bit slated at the time. Um, Bedtime for Democracy by the Dead Kennedys. Oh, oh, what an album! I li I was listening to it the other day, like a, a remastered version. Not that it makes any difference. Um, <laughs> and oh man, it's 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 just fucking amazing. Yeah, really I, I I remember getting into that that phase when I was like, uh, punk was becoming really popular. Or it just was starting to come out. I, I don't know. I think I was 
I was still in high school, but I remember the Dead Kennedys a lot. They were them, them and the Pistols. I mean, just all that. Just what a great time! And and, and, yeah. and that's the one thing I like about our my age is that I got the best of all. I mean, I get the best of the rock music and the punk music and the metal music and the thrash music, and you see yeah. it all kind of come and go. But yeah, those those records are they're timeless. You're you're never gonna be able to re- recreate that. I look, I totally agree with you from a musical standpoint but also let's go one stage further um and then we were also old enough to be to be able to appreciate the internet when it arrived and social media and not have it fuck with our childhood in any way right so it's like we like literally like you know the internet arrived in my life in probably about age 28 Okay. And, I, you know, when, when I adopted to it, other friends right. had previously and I'd heard people talk about it and stuff like that. But by about 28, I was like, I got to buy a computer and <laughs> I, I know nothing about computers, but I'll buy one right. and take it from there, you know. And well, you kind of had to, though, because people started going to online ordering or, you know, you know, what I mean, it, the, the way we lived or the way we knew it changed to the point where it was like, this is a necessity. Like you, yeah. like you could probably go into any house right now and everybody owns at least one laptop, you know? Yeah. 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 It, for me, it was, it was getting an email address. I was, I, I played, I played Sunday football and, um, uh, and uh, you know, the manager was just like, look, you know, it's a lot easier to, to yeah. <laughs> communicate with you if you've got an email yeah. address and if yep. you haven't got one, fucking get one. Get one. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. And it was kind of like that that necessity that I was like, okay, right, yeah, I'll do that then. Um, and then it was just kind of like, yeah, so yeah, I, I, you know, we've we've been we've been very lucky. We've been, I think, you know, we really have been. Um, it's been a, you know, our, our generation has really had that. We we had the last of the great rock bands, Absolutely. if you like. Yeah. No, I um, agree with you, hundred percent. You know, and now let me ask you one question, okay, and. I think I might even know the answer to this, right? (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't. Let me ask you one question. Do you like Kiss? Man. No, not really. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. I think I, uh, I think oh. I like I think I liked one record. I think Creatures. No, of the dude, Night. it's okay. No, it's all right. But, you yeah, don't have I, to like any of them. You don't have to like no. any of them. <laughs> I just I don't know. I just never gravitated towards them. Oh, I, I was I'm, more of an Alice Cooper guy. I'm just. It's like I, I, you just can't get away from from an American metal artist saying somewhere every five minutes what an interview what what an influence Kiss was. And I'm just like, it's just piss weak radio rock always has been, always yeah. will be. Yeah. Did a fucking disco album. So their career should be dead. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just And they're fucking... all over and they're all over serious radio. All but like I can't if, if they play Deuce one more time, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot. I'm gonna just like, oh stop. I was like the song's awful to begin with. And I'm like, I don't even know. I don't even know how they got that big, to be honest with you. Because, yeah, I, I just not never was a big fan. Absolutely don't get I, and it. And it it's, but it's the ghost thing all over again. It's like, yeah. you, know, look, you know, looks like a horror film. Yeah. Sounds like Scooby-Doo. Yeah. You know, 
it's, it's just, yeah, it's insane. I, I'm, I'm not a big, I'm not a big fan of that band either. My, my, one of my friends, yeah. oh, you got to, you got to listen. You got to check it out. You got to listen. And then like, I, I was driving, I was driving my car and they came, one song came on the radio and I was like, wow, this is kind of really bubble gummy and poppy. I'm like, what? Like, really, dude? Like, I'm like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm not, not a fan either. Not a fan either. Um, but hey, what the hell? Um, have you heard the, here's a tangent. Have you heard the As In Hell album yet? I don't think so. No? Because no. that I, I can solidly recommend. If you're a fan of kind of spiritual healing era death. Yes. Yes. As In Hell is the um, album that has been put together by your main man from Volbeat. Really? Yeah. Why? I, this sounds familiar. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, he, uh, he put, he put a project. Okay. Together. Yes. Yeah. I, I haven't heard them, but I'm looking them up now. I do remember. Yes. I do remember reading something about this. Right. Okay. Yeah, you recommended, eh? Uh, right. It was, it was, it, yeah. That was in my, that was in my top ten of last year. Okay, um, I will definitely check that out. Yeah, yeah. That that. that I'm, not is... big, I'm not a big bull beat fan. No, I well, I, well. Funnily enough, I I am, but um, but the. He's always he's always said basically even in interviews like you know big Volbeat guy and he's like like who's your who's your like you know your your favorite guitarist you know your your inspiration and it's like Chuck Chuck Skuldiner yeah I, I remember reading that always yeah and um uh and and I mean Chuck's fucking fingerprints are all over that as in Hell album um, okay well now well now I'm now I have to go check it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, it, it, it just brought a smile to my face, to be honest, okay. because I was sat there listening to it and I was I was smiling because I was happy for uh, for a fellow musician because I was sat there smiling, thinking, dude, you did it. You, you did, did a good it. job. You know, you 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 created a brand new genre of which there is still only one band and that is rockabilly metal and that's Volbeat. And you've taken that to arena. You've taken that to stadiums, arenas, and now right. you've gone. Okay, I'm just going to do a pause and do that fucking death metal album I've always wanted to do, and you've smashed it out the park as well. Well, now, yeah. now I'm definitely going to listen to that. <laughs> cool, cool. Well, look, dude, this has been an absolute blast. It really has. I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm so glad I stayed in for you. I feel like I've had a Saturday night out. <laughs> awesome i'm glad i could give you that feeling and i thank you so much for doing this and uh oh, no i love the band i love the band and i look forward to your new stuff oh dude um well the album that you probably didn't know out was out came out in 2019 called the age of entitlement so um uh yeah check that out from 2019 i'll definitely look that up i really um, appreciate that i have just followed i i just for the interview i followed you um on instagram of um acid rain and talking bollocks both Okay. followed you um i have been both accounts so let's stay in touch and, absolutely um this has been a blast absolutely love the album mate honestly awesome properly turned my head really really well, you know really i thank stuff. you so much howard no oh, thank you you it, it brightened <laughs> it brightened my day and continues every time i put it on awesome well i really appreciate it pleasure mate it's been a pleasure thank you very much cheers and that was a really enjoyable Saturday night. It really was. It really, really was. And um, I just finished uploading the file of that interview. 
and I plugged a HDMI cable into my laptop to watch a movie and my laptop went bye dead dead as a doornail the end now long-term listeners of the podcast will remember when uh, I used to burn through laptops quite regularly and some may even be thinking oh yeah oh problems with his laptop again eh for that's always going on uh no that was seven years old that laptop the last time I had cause to mention laptop troubles was seven years ago it's been an absolute beast but alas it is now in a it is now in a well laptop heaven or laptop hell I mean the things that thing's seen (laughs) um but yeah basically it's fucking dead so um got another one talking to you now on it exciting really no not really but I just thought I'd throw it in for the old school listeners who remember when I was always complaining about the latest laptop that I had that was dying because it happened quite a lot in the olden days but not so much anymore anyway look thank you for listening appreciated fucking sign up at patreon I need the fucking money, all right? I don't care if, you, if if you're fucking struggling, yeah? I am. So you can struggle some more. Give some more. Give some of the money you haven't got away to me. I mean, you know, if that's not a convincing pitch, I don't know what is. If here's a good, here's a thing, right? If you've got a direct debit to a charity, right? Stop that and turn it into a direct debit to Patreon. Yeah, and you'll actually get something back out of it. You know, instead of a a, a fake fucking birthday card written by a donkey in Botswana, yeah, you get you, you get some proper shit. You get proper stuff from me all the time. You get videos, you get a radio show, you get a live Zoom once a month, and you get all sorts. All the all less than the price of a gallon and a half of petrol UK money. Okay? Because that's about as relevant as a comparison as people always do on about cup of coffee. Because that's fucking ridiculous. But anyway, you've listened this far. Thank you so much. Your work is done here. Thank you. Go about your day until we speak again. <laughs>